0: Welcome to Layers of Film, the show where mediocre people discuss masterful films the first Monday of each month. I am your host, Austin Killian, joined by my co-host, Big T. Big T, how's life treating you, my friend? Life is treating me, that's all. Oh, what a treat. (laughs) Sweet. So, this is a quick and dirty special episode. I... Thought last second that it would be fun to do a rankings list of all the movies that we covered this last year, and Big T agreed, so we decided to come together real fast, and uh, just kind of, we, we both ranked uh, 12 to 1, 12 being our least favorite, 1 being our most favorite. Yeah, right? <laughs> that makes sense. And, uh, and, and putting our list together of, of, of the movies that we enjoyed, and creating the ultimate rankings list between the two of us for the movies that we covered last year, all 12 of them. Like, I just kind of added those scores up, like where it landed and whatever has the highest is the worst or least least good. Because <laughs> these are masterful films we're talking about. So <laughs> there,
1: there's, there's none that are bad, right? Some real complex statistical analysis to determine. That's right. And we have a few uh,
0: ties in here as well. And the way that I decided to break that up is if we agreed more on Um, where something landed on the ranking, then that should get priority and be higher up on the list. Um, And I'll explain that as we go through. But without further ado, let's get to our rankings. Big T, are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, And for
1: everyone's... Yo, go ahead. No, go for it. I was going to say, for all of our listeners, I have not seen this list yet, so I'm going to be just as surprised as everybody else that's right we can't afford someone that could do this stuff for us so <laughs> we
0: we I can't be surprised I guess um maybe maybe next oh yeah I guess that's worth mentioning that we're gonna be breaking uh, each year into their own or each year that we're doing sorry each 12 episodes into their own season so this is gonna cap off season one of layers of film and then of course, on the same day that this episode is going up, uh, episode 13's uh, kicking off season two of Layers of Films. So, get ready. Season two. Yeah. All right. So, this is the only one that we 100% agreed on, (laughs) and I think it's probably pretty obvious if you've been listening along with the show. (laughs) At the number 12 spot, we have North by Northwest. So... Kicking it off, I think we'll just kind of take each take turns kind of explaining why it landed where it landed and what we liked, what we disliked, you know, just whatever we want to talk about with that film. Uh Big T, why why did it land on number 12 for you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think what you said earlier, this wasn't a bad film. Right. Like there were some good parts to it. It was entertaining at times. Mm-hmm. It's just compared to all the other films we watched, I think this one obviously ranked the lowest. I think for me, I think it was just, it feels a little dated. I mean, it's one of the oldest films that we watched. And I think that really comes across in some of the dialogue, some of the plot points. Um, A lot of the things, because this is such a masterful film, a lot of the things from this movie have become tropes. And so they're really easy to sort of predict or really easy to kind of like see coming. Um, So in that sense, I don't think it was as engaging for me watching it, you know, in The Year of Our Lord, 2022, (laughs) compared to when it first came out. But yeah, I mean, again, I think it was a decent film. And definitely you can see kind of how the the genre has built off of this film and films like it. But Mm -hmm. I just think because it's sort of aged a little bit more than the other ones.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, who... (laughs) probably the main factor in landing on number 12 for me is that five minute car chase or whatever was going on (laughs) with that thing man that i mean yeah okay so dialogue was fun like the storyline was fun There a lot of twists and turns it was an enjoyable film especially like you said for the time i think i could i could see why people would would have loved this film especially going back and why people would reference it reference it still today but Yeah, it just doesn't quite hold up anymore as compared to, well, we'll get to it later, but uh, some of the other films that, even though they're pretty old, still hold up remarkably well today. It's something that we know is doable (laughs) for films to hold up. This one just doesn't quite do it, and it's okay. Plus, I mean, yeah, just some, what, that whole weird, like, love scene or not love scene what was going on (laughs) like you know what i'm talking about in the train where they're like flirting with each other it was like that weird oh yeah kind of in the middle of it yeah and like just joking around and flirting with each other about like killing people yeah
1: and And the whole the whole point about wanting the statue or whatever that wasn't really explained oh yeah that's right we didn't even know why they were going after that stuff yeah there was a lot of like loose ends or things that were a little cringy or didn't make sense. It was the pictures, like Polaroids or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember it yet either. But, you know. Decent film, but when you're comparing to it to the others on the list, I think... Yeah. Understandable. Absolutely. Okay, cool.
0: Well, then let's move on to the next movie on the list, which is a late film that we covered. But I can understand why it's this low. Uh, again, not not bad by any means. Ocean's Eleven, at the eleven spot... Uh, with 21 points after adding them up yeah this is kind of like a late comer this is a pretty straightforward film now that I was like I was I think I put it on at 10 for my list and I was kind of basing the rankings a little bit off of just kind of how I felt talking about the film as well and just the experience that I had really going through it with with Big T and maybe finding some things that are deeper but in reality like there's not too much that's super deep about this film it's pretty straightforward it's a Mm -hmm. dude that just wants to get his his wife back and he wants to screw over this other guy and make a lot of money doing it right it's really straightforward but the dialogue is just off the chain so good i think i think it's just a fun time for sure and uh again super straightforward but a really entertaining watch i'd say and it still holds up in my opinion but again Maybe it was also because I was doing this episode by myself. It wasn't as fun to cover, and that's why it landed a little lower on my list than I probably would have liked. but again, it's not it's not my personal rankings of how I think that these should be as as the movies themselves. It's also the experience talking about it and what I was able to gather from
1: it afterwards. yeah, so that's that's my reasoning. Yeah, I game-theoried it so that Ocean's Eleven would be in the 11th spot. So, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think it's a pretty straightforward film. It's still, like I said, enjoyable. I think all of these were enjoyable enough to watch. But yeah, pretty straightforward. There's not a lot of external commentary coming from it. I mean, it's probably one of the best heist movies out there in the genre. The genre is just very straightforward, very action-oriented but like I said, I think that it was uh, enjoyable and it's a it's a fun movie to watch. But I think a lot of the other ones led to better discussion, a lot of a little bit more commentary, things like that as well.
0: Cool. All right, let's move on to the next movie on the ultimate ranking list. At number ten, we have Alien, with nineteen points. Big T, where did
1: Alien land on your list? Uh, let's see. Alien was I think ten for me. So right oh, now we're three for three. Nice, look at that. Yeah, yeah, I think. When we talked about Alien, I think we repeated this a lot, but Alien was like the foundation for like the sci-fi thriller genre, right? Kind of going forward after that time. Mm -hmm. And I still stand by that. I think you can see the influence of Alien in so many other movies that followed it afterwards. I really thought that it was a really fun movie to watch. There's like some really good scenes. There's some things that also didn't really age very well, like the scene with the alien in the vent and he's like, ah, or whatever, or like the yeah. fact that the alien at times just sort of looks like a human in a bodysuit.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: again, it was, it's an older movie. So I think it's not so fair to compare those things across. But um, I think for me too, I had never seen alien. I'd obviously heard about it. And I think that it was really built up in my mind as like a really thriller heavy, suspense, heavy type of uh, movie. And I, didn't really get that out of it and again it's probably because it is a little bit older so it doesn't it didn't have to be as fast paced as movies nowadays so i think part of the reason why it maybe ranked a little bit lower for me was i went in with really high expectations because i love thriller genres i'm really fascinated by like sci-fi thriller genres and i've read a lot of that genre and seen quite a bit in that genre Um, and so i think i just had more stuff to compare it to but i really love sigourney weaver the part like the alien body parts and um, just like the grotesqueness of it all. Uh, It was just, it was really fun to watch for sure.
0: Oh, I agree that absolutely. I think, I think the, um, there's some amazing shots in the film for sure. Yeah. Like you said, though, some of the stuff that's supposed to be more suspenseful or or more jump scary just isn't quite landing anymore which is totally fine but uh, when you're just getting into like the exposition and stuff like that they handle it so well I think it's so interesting and then also I love the mystery behind like just what's going on on earth we don't really know you know you just kind of get bits and pieces of what's going on with that years earth i guess i don't know when it's supposed to take place i don't remember but just like how it's really ruled by corporations and and people that just don't care at all what's happening the people on the ship and just willing to let them die just so that they can get this alien back and really weaponize it or whatever we ended up discussing i can't remember if that was a a guarantee of what they were trying to do, or if that was just our hypothesis. I think
1: it's at least heavily hinted at, but I'm yeah. pretty sure that they, it, I, I think it's explicit at one point that they want to weaponize the alien. If right. not explicit, then it's heavily implied.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely a masterful film. Just, yeah, I think what really goes into it ranking a little bit lower is I think just how it doesn't quite stand the test of time Was certain aspects of what uh, I think is really known in the horror genre itself as as, you know, providing good jump scares and maybe more unsettling. It's unsettling, but it probably could have been more unsettling if made today. Although I feel like horror films like anytime they tried to reboot the alien franchise these days, it's not quite good either. So maybe it's just untouchable at this point. Maybe it's never gonna be as good as it, it could have been. I don't know. Yeah. But whatever. All right. Next up on the rankings list at number nine is Big Eyes. I apologize, Big T. (laughs) Big Eyes was at the number 11 spot for me. I think, like, obviously, the message behind Big Eyes is great, right? And I think that it was really interesting. It was harrowing. It was, uh, you know, I felt really bad for Margaret Keene. Keen. sorry, rest in peace.
1: Recently, man, that's crazy. We need to we need to be careful about what movies we choose so that we don't kill Every time I see news that an actor died I'm like looking at their IMDb
0: <laughs> what did we cover that they were in What did we cover <laughs> Is this
1: my fault Yeah
0: exactly but but um I just felt like the execution could have been a little bit better and and obviously we you know explain this in the episode itself but I just think, like especially with Danny Elfman behind the the music, which is really important to me, is the um, the the score of a film is really important. I, he just kind of phoned it in, in my opinion. I don't know what was going on with this guy, but it, it just didn't quite impress me like Edward Scissorhands or, or you know some other films that obviously he's done a lot of them. But um, all like the acting was, was good, but the editing was a little odd to me i think the dialogue could have been slightly better but still really really well done um in a lot of other aspects for sure and i think oh yeah and then we talked about the daughter her acting wasn't like super great but whatever like she wasn't really that supposed to be a huge part of the the film anyway but but again yeah a great message and i think definitely worth giving a watch for sure
1: yeah i think all of your criticisms valid. The editing was a little weird. Some of the music wasn't great, especially compared to other stuff that we've watched for this. I I had it higher up. I think I have it as number six, so not a whole lot higher. But I just really like the whole story. I just think it's really fascinating to dive into her life and see kind of what she went through and then her character development of finally taking that power back. I just really enjoyed that whole uh, character development and the storyline in general, but I think all of the stuff you said is also valid. It, it probably could have been better in a lot of those aspects, but it was still one that I, I enjoyed. For sure. Awesome. All
0: right. Up next at the number eight spot is the Iron Giant. Big T, where did Iron Giant land on your list? Iron Giant was number eight for me. Look at that. Wow. I'm four for five so far. Look at you. <laughs>
1: okay, cool. And uh, why, why did it land at number eight for you? I feel like at this point in my list... I went from like what everything after this is kind of like there's some really standout films in my opinion and this one was a really good I really enjoyed it but it just didn't have the same like staying power mm-hmm. in my mind as some of the other films that are a little bit higher up sure. on my list but I just I I really enjoyed this movie I mean we watched it a year ago over a year ago yeah. so it's been a while but it's just like a fun cute little movie with a good message in it the animation is really good for its time and stuff oh, yeah. as well so, but yeah, I think that the, it's not, it's not really that this movie did anything wrong per se. It's just the other movies higher up on my list. I found more enjoyable.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. That's, that totally makes sense. I think I had Iron Giant at number seven for me. So just, just one ahead of you. And, oh man, I just think it's such a great, such a great film. I I love this one. I, I, Again, I think I, one of my criticisms was that the last half hour was kind of whatever to me, or like whatever the military stuff was going on, which I know that you were able to talk about a lot from what I remember. Yeah, that, that <laughs> sounds about right, <laughs> right. But it was, but it was, uh, yeah, again, like there's so many subtle. Th- I remember finding quite a few subtle details in this film, in the animation specifically, just some of the things that Hogarth would do that would really make him seem like he actually had a personality because he would have specific ways of doing things and it was just so cool to me to see that in an animated film i mean people do that in films today but it just really stood out to me in the iron giant and i think that's really where it shines and then of course the the dialogue i think is is fun too and the the relationships between the characters and i we really do get some some great characters in this in this film and and uh, it's a shame that no one talks about it as much as or sorry, as often as I think it should, it's, it's kind of often overlooked, like people referenced Iron Giant, but no one really talks about that film, you know, no one talks about how great it is, or this and that, but, um, but it is, I, to me, it's a pretty standout film, and, and going along with what you said, there are films that definitely caught me by surprise on the list, I think, and so it's not as high up as it probably could have been, maybe with other films more like North by Northwest, if we covered more like that, but <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it's still, I think it actually lands in a pretty good spot. Um, at, at number yeah. eight, maybe like I would have thought it should have been at seven, but that's okay, <laughs> it's still pretty good. <laughs> All right, cool. Moving on, this is actually our first kind of tie. Um, I guess for the seven slash six spot at number seven, we have. Pan's Labyrinth for me I had that up way higher actually so uh, I'll explain the difference I guess when when I get to or when I uh, push it off over to Big T but uh, I had it at number three I don't know what was I just love this film I don't know why I love it so much I it just really I, it is a movie that I had never seen before I didn't really know what was going on I I had no idea that there was this weird parallel thing going on between like all the fantasy stuff happening and then the uh, oh shoot Spanish Revolution
1: yeah right. Shoot, uh, I think it's the Spanish something. I don't know if it's called the revolution, but something civil war, the Spanish civil Spanish war. civil war. Right? There you go. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, I think so. I don't. know. Oh, I feel bad. Probably should have figured that out before we started <laughs> talking about
1: the film or talking. Hey, you about- ranked it higher than me, so it's your you you you're supposed to be the subject matter expert <laughs> That's here. That's
0: true. I feel bad, but it was just I don't know. I remember going into the film not knowing that, and then when it started popping up in the in in the movie, I I was a little I thought that I would actually be disappointed because it's like, oh, I thought this was going to be a full-on fantasy film. But as it continued on, I thought it was so brilliant how both of them really like correlated with each other as the film was progressing. I was just like, oh my gosh, like the themes are consistent throughout both aspects of this film. And obviously, like the character design of, of the... Uh, the fawn? The fawn, yeah, yeah. The fawn. The character design of him and the just like different characteristics and the way that it moves and talks. And I don't know, it was just so interesting and so cool. I mean, that's something that you always get from a good Guillermo del Toro film is just really interesting visuals. And and I just thought it was so good. And the acting was great from the, the little girl as well. Just so, so good. I don't know. I just, I thought that the shots were great. I mean, a couple of random, you know, issues like, I think from what I remember from that episode discussing of, of how the, the nanny or whatever her name is, I really should have looked all this up before, but how she just like stabs what's his face and then doesn't finish the job and just runs. And obviously in that moment, maybe you don't know what you do, but at the same time, it's like, why did you just kill him? Why would you, yeah. you know what I mean? Why would you like finish the job? Yeah, just finish the job. He's like the worst dude that's ever lived or, or, you know, close to it. And, and you're just not going to finish the job. Whatever, I don't know. I again, like I was just super shocked at how much uh, I ended up loving this film and the music behind it as well. Just, it was perfect, and how it began and ended pretty much the same way, and with the music, and ah, it was just. Brilliant, in my opinion. Big T, what do you have to say?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that some of the narrative elements were really impressive. The sort of the beginning and ending the same way, the parallelism between the fantasy world and the real world were really fascinating. I think for me, it probably ranked a little bit lower because kind of similar to Alien, I had seen a lot of really famous or popular scenes from this, like the Pale Man scene. Mm. And so I think I went in with really, really high expectations for the movie, and it just didn't. And maybe they were unrealistic expectations because if you're only seeing the highlights, of course it's not going to be as good as like the best parts. Sure. I, I so I think that that may have sort of influenced my um, placement of it a bit, just because I mean I agree with you. I think that it was it's the music is great, the character design is phenomenal. I really enjoyed kind of like you were saying, just the way that the fantasy world and the real world sort of reflect on each other and what that sort of means narratively so again nothing really wrong with the film I just think the other stuff sort of stuck with me more and because I had such high expectations going into that film that were maybe impossible for it to actually meet that sort of naturally results in it being a little bit lower on my list at number nine isn't that crazy we watched a lot of good stuff though we did we truly did
0: I was, yeah, when I got your list, I was a little disappointed. I was like, "Whoa, so low, why? <laughs> but, um, hey, that's fine. It's, I mean, you can't... I was, well yeah, let's get into the next let's get into the next <laughs> film because I was a little surprised that Pan's Labyrinth wouldn't have been higher up on the list than at number six, Hunt for the Wilder people. Again, this is a you know, this is kind of a tie between the two. There's a difference of like five between our rankings on Pan's Labyrinth, and then a difference of three, um, for Hunt for the Wilder people. So that's why I gave it the edge. But, you know. I don't know. For some reason, I was just a little. I was a little curious as to like, oh wow, I'm surprised that Hunt for the Wilder People is going to beat this out because, I mean, obviously Hunt for the Wilder People is a great, great film and um, just so cute and so funny. But you know, it's more comedic and mm-hmm. it's just interesting that something that's so comedic would uh, would take the edge.
1: Yeah, I think it's also kind of hard to compare films in different genres because it's like apples and oranges, right? There's like so many different strengths and weaknesses for these different genres or sort of ways that you can play with expectations in one genre versus another. So kind of creating this list is a little difficult in and of itself. Sure. But I think for me, the reason the Hunt for the Wilder People was lower for me, or was like I had a better score on my list was because... At number four. Yeah, I think maybe just also the sort of headspace I was in when I was creating it maybe it, maybe like it influenced it. But I just remember Hunt for the Wilder People is like a really feel good movie. It just makes you feel really good and it's funny and it's got really like touching scenes and heartwarming scenes. I think like for a film, looking at films in the way that they impact the audience, like emotionally, I just think that Hunt for the Wilder People is just really sincere, really authentic, really well done. It's got, you know, moments of comedy but it's also got really like touching sad moments but i think like as a reflection of the human condition and of the human experience i think hunt for the wilder people just does a really really good job of sort of exploring all the different um highs and lows of the human experience and telling that story really cleanly and just really expertly that's yeah that's
0: a really good point i'm i ah man i mean i had watched this film before um just like a year or so uh before covering it for this show. But, man, that was such a shock. That was such a shock. Like, I, I didn't really know too much about Taika Waititi, you know? I just watched Thor Ragnarok, and, and I thought it was so good. And then I did happened upon this film, and it was just so... Uh, I don't know. It's one of the most masterful films of of really bringing together comedy and and what you said, that's just like heartwarming, you know, messages and stuff. Bringing those two together, and just I remember being so surprised by how it was able to marry the two so well, and and uh, it really does make me so happy, and and you know, eventually eventually I'm gonna get I'm gonna get that haiku that final haiku tattooed on me or something because that that haiku is just so how does it what's the haiku again let, let me think hold on me oh wait, hold on me and this fat kid I think me and this fat kid yeah we ran we ate and read books and it was the best or something like that. I don't know why. I just, for some reason, when he read that, I was just like, "Wow, this is such." Because the whole time you have Ricky Baker just making these dumb haikus, <laughs> and and um and heck, not really appreciating them. And then eventually, like you could just tell that uh, by the end of the film, when he makes that final haiku and tells it to Ricky, and you know something that he knows that he would appreciate, and really sharing his feelings too about you know what he thinks about this kid. It was just the most, it was just such a beautiful
1: moment with such a comedic haiku at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. I think for the genre, like all the other movies that sort of fall into the genre of Hunt for the Wilder People, I think Hunt for the Wilder People like does this genre the best. Mm -hmm. Right. It just has such a great balance of all the different components of it. Um, Also for my list, like I kind of created it. I said this earlier, but, like, the staying power of the movie. Like, how often have I thought about this movie since I watched it last? Yeah, sure. And I just, for me, I've thought of Hunt for the Wilder People. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was, like, a good movie, you know? If you, like, need a good cry or whatever, you're <laughs> like, Hunt for the Wilder People. Like, throw that bad boy on, you know? <laughs> a good cry and a good laugh. Holy smokes. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you need a cry, but you need to, like you know, a chaser afterwards, you need to like feel better afterwards, (laughs) nice, (laughs) that's perfect, yeah, I
0: don't know, yeah, so you had it on as number four, and I had it at number eight, so a a pretty big jump, but you know, it it deserves to be where it's at, number six at the ultimate ranking, fantastic, all right, let's move on to number five, The Shining, and that, I think that's why it was so surprising to me, And, uh, and, and you said it well that like, you know, just cause it's a comedy doesn't mean it shouldn't, you know, be higher on a list or whatever. It could still be just as masterful, if not more masterful. But when making my list, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't put the shining lower than hunt for the wilder people. (laughs) But here comes big T 100% able to do that. Uh, yes, I'm a rebel. You are a rebel. You put it, you put it at number five on your list. Which is just slightly lower, and again, I guess, perfectly on par. Wow, you're so accurate. What telling the? you, I'm setting the curve <laughs> here. That's incredible. Who knew? Who knew? Why did
1: you put it at number five, uh, for you? Um, yeah, when we talked about this movie, I talked about how you know the plot wasn't it, by itself was pretty simple, but just like The Shining, I think was probably out of all the movies we watched, it's the one where there was just like layers upon layers of meaning in the movie. Like there was so many things that there was symbolism for and, you know, allusions to different, you know, historical events or whatever it may be. And again, it's a genre that I really enjoy this sort of like creepy where isolated in the middle of nowhere and something bad is happening. I just really enjoy that kind of um, theme. But I think it's, that's done really well. The cinematography is phenomenal. The music is is outstanding. And I think from our discussion, too, there's just a lot more to this movie than meets the eye when you first watch it. And I, I always just think that great pieces of art are always going to mean something different depending on the context in which they're viewed. And so I think The Shining hits that really well.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is another one that I was pretty, pretty caught off guard by because... I knew that it was supposed to be kind of like a creepy movie. I knew that it was supposed to be uneasy. It was in the horror genre. I just didn't really know like what the shining even really meant, you know what I mean? And I remember talking about that in the episode was just like, "Oh, like who who knew that the shining was like a a superpower?" <laughs> like I don't I I had no idea. And so going into the film and and just kind of discovering what the shining was and that whole concept of everything just kind of having a voice that can really um Influence people that have that gift or ability. I guess maybe it's not so much of a of, of a gift. It could be a curse too. As we kind of maybe discover discovered in our uh, discussion talking about Jack himself, he probably has the power of the shining as well. It's just it's a lot darker for him. I don't know. And maybe maybe the whole idea that it kind of takes on whatever the host. I suppose maybe kind of has deep in their deep in themselves and he's kind of a dark person and he's not a great person and obviously it alludes to a lot like you said like there's the possibility that he's sexually abusing his child and all this stuff and so obviously the shining would probably take take on a a way darker aspect or nature for him and um yeah the shots were incredible oh i was so I was in love with like most of the shots of this film. And, and like I said, in that episode, I'm a sucker for like that slow pan or like slow zoom mm-hmm. in from behind. It's just so good. And just, it, it, it wasn't scared to take its time and really just making you feel uneasy. And, mm-hmm. and I, and, and that's where horror really shines for me. That's my sweet spot for horror. I'm I'm not no pun intended. Yes. There you go. I'm like, wait, what did I say? <laughs> Shine? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just—I'm not really into the jump scares, like like I'm not really into spicy foods being spicy just for the sake of being spicy, you know? Like I want a good flavor. It's gotta have a reason. Yeah, that. I want a good flavor to it. And this—oh, this movie has the the most delectable flavor as far as, yeah. as horror goes. I'm not—I'm not like I haven't watched a ton of horror stuff or whatever, so we'll see. That so far, The Shining is probably my favorite horror anything, and so. We'll see if anything can beat it. Maybe in the coming year, in the coming season, we'll see if we cover any more horror things. I'll have to
1: find something real scary for you. That's right.
0: (laughs) All right, cool. Well, now, after The Shining, we have four, three, two, and one. The next three films on this list technically were tied with the same score of eight points for each. So... We really need. I I really needed to figure out a a way to edge it out. Obviously, there's the differences. I was getting really nervous if we had the same difference for a couple of them. I didn't know what we were gonna do, but it ended up yeah flipping. I was actually thinking about that. Should we do rock paper scissors just? (laughs) But it ended up working out in the end. And this one was actually pretty disappointing for me because I really thought like it would be totally number one 100 percent. but at the number four spot is Edward Scissorhands now mm. I'm going to talk about this first I'm really curious to see why you had it so low on your list comparatively um I'm, I'm I'm yeah I'm really interested to hear what you have to say about this but maybe it's just because it didn't like sit with you as 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 crazily as it did for me but Edward Scissorhands was the very first film that we covered on the show Maybe there's a little bit of bias there because of that. Maybe it's my baby. Maybe it's my baby. It's the first one, or like my, my oldest. I've, I've got a soft spot for the oldest. But um, I think, I don't know. I had watched this film so many times before. I've seen this film so much over the years. And yet, for some reason, it still gave me so much that I didn't realize it was in it until covering it for the show. I was really surprised and maybe I just never really watched it before and really tried to get deeper meanings and different things out of it but I don't know there was just something about watching this film for the show that it just it was way deeper than I ever thought it was and uh just really likening it to kind of like this weird reverse like beauty and the beast kind of story but it ends up turning out really bad at the end and <sighs> I don't know, I I never really thought of the ending as like super complex before, and maybe that's just because I just wasn't looking for it, but just the idea that this dude just, he had his life, right, and it was whatever, and he longed for a life down in this community, and he finally gets it, and it ends up chewing him up and spitting him back out, and he's basically forced to live the rest of his days, I don't know if he's ever going to like deteriorate or whatever, but living the rest of his days in solitude, right, right? Like, just by himself again, knowing what he had and what he could have had. But the community themselves, they were the monster and not this dude that has scissors for hands. He was the most beautiful creature. He made beautiful creations, from what I remember you saying. I think you really, after that discussion, you you put so much into the discussion that I never really thought of before. That I think I was able to pull away from this film and covering it, having this really, really deep appreciation for it. If I didn't say it before, I had it at my number one spot, and I still stand by it, but it's okay for it to be at number four. Oh, and then, obviously, the score. Danny Elfman does a fantastic job. It's so unique and so interesting. I wish we had more compositions and, and more scores like, like his in films these days. Anyway, Big T, what do you have to say for yourself?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I agree with everything you said. I think that, like, there's great music and cinematography for sure with this movie. And I loved the themes and the messages. I feel like it was a really good movie for us to start with. And it had a lot of different themes throughout it, um, really good messages that I enjoyed. I don't know. I I, I can't really pinpoint what I didn't like about it because, again, I, I really did enjoy it. And there was a lot of great parts to it. There's, it's a it's a tight race. <laughs> we watched a lot of good movies um, in the last year or so, and this one for me maybe just didn't stick with me as much as the other ones have. But again, I really enjoyed it, and um, I just love the idea too of like a man with scissors for hands. Like that's so weird, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's like such a fun. Plot point, and especially nowadays when I feel like a lot of movies that are getting made are like sequels or reboots or things that are just like made because people think they're going to sell really well. I like a unique idea to me is just very. Uh, invigorating and so i just it's a great movie i really did enjoy it yeah so so great it hit number seven for you so i'm just kidding there's so many other good movies we've watched you know <laughs>
0: it's a tough race it's a tight race I'm just kidding hey that's that's all understandable it all makes sense i that's fine i don't maybe maybe season two is you don't can- sound bitter at maybe all maybe season two is canceled we'll see i don't know <laughs> well, austin will have a new co-host <laughs> Uh, no, nah, it's good. It's good. It's uh no, yeah. If it doesn't sit with you, it doesn't sit with you. That's totally fine. That's your ranking. I'm just gonna have to bring in. We'll just have more co-hosts, and they'll be more like-minded th- uh, for me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just kidding. Um, actually, I think it's great. I think it's great that that we have in in certain movies drastically different lists you know what i mean like there's a couple that we were really close on but i think it's it's great because that makes for a more interesting discussion if we're able to disagree on things and yeah i don't know anyway let's move on to the next one in the tiebreaker at the number three spot for season one ready or not hey this i will die for this movie you (laughs) will die for this movie um at the number two spot for you
1: why does it hit number two I absolutely love this movie. I think that a lot of it comes from when I first watched it. I think there's a lot of emotional attachment to it from sort of like whenever I watch it, I'm I'm drawn back to when I first watched it because this is one of the first movies in this genre of this sort of like dark black humor thriller, sort of like over the top sort of campy gore. Like, it, I mean, it's a very specific genre, right? But this is one of the first movies in this genre that I watched and... I just, like, absolutely loved it. I will, like, always love a movie that's a good female empowerment movie and I that's, like, fighting sort of systems of oppression. And I just will always love those kinds of movies. And for this one, I think it's done so well. I love when rich people get their comeuppance. Like, <laughs> there's just yeah. a lot of stuff in this movie that... Really, sort of like hits who I am as like a as a like the, my core beliefs and my core values and yeah. and it's just like a fun movie to watch. I think it's really fun. It's engaging for me throughout the film. There's lots of different things sort of going on. It never, I'm never really bored. For me, I'm like constantly engaged watching it. I think I told you this, but this is like one of the few movies that I could probably watch. Repeatedly, where a lot of times I don't like to watch movies more than once or not close in the same time frame. Yep. But I just love everything about this. I absolutely love the ending. The ending is absurd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just like there's just so many things that just really hit the... Big T checklist of things that I love in movies. Oh, no, it's great.
0: Uh, like I said when we recorded the episode, it's, it's like the perfect 7 out of 10. It, it truly is. Like, if you're looking for just a great popcorn flick that's probably the best of the best in that, you know, type of movie to watch, I guess. Like, this is... Pick it up, you know? Watch it, rent it, whatever. Like any, Buy it. Buy, buy it. it. Like, it, it is worth buying. And... I can't remember if I said it on the show or off the show, but when I originally watched this film, I'm like, I probably don't need to see this again, and over the months, it just kept sitting with me, and I'm like, shoot, I think I could watch it again, I think I could watch this every year if I wanted to, and it probably will be, I mean, Halloween's coming up soon, I'm probably going to watch it around the Halloween time, so good on you and i own it so hey yes. i'm 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 excited and yeah super solid for sure the, I, I mean the acting is ridiculous sometimes but also perfect for who these characters are mm-hmm. and uh the the storyline's ridiculous but it's so fun to watch you know exactly it's just one
1: of those movies that's like just so absurd yeah but it's just it's it does the absurdity so well that to me it's just so fun to watch yeah and uh yeah you had it at
0: number two i had it at number six and uh you know You were wrong, but that's okay. I was wrong, I guess. I suppose <laughs> Hey, it was just a tight race. It was just a close race. Um number three though, I'm I'm satisfied with that being at number three. And I think it's actually really cool that such a such a weird movie could be at number three. It's it's I'm fine with that. That's great. 'Cause cause if you take ten and subtract three, it makes a perfect seven out of ten. So it's
1: it's <laughs> Okay, Mr. Numerology, get out of here. <laughs> I'm Just kidding. Okay,
0: cool. Well let's move on to the oh, final two, baby, at the number two spot of the ultimate rankings list for season one of Layers of Film, we have Whiplash. I'm actually, I'm, I was super happy to look at your list and to see it at number three. I was like, oh, wow, because we talked about the film, and I thought that you liked it, right? And I thought that there were things that you were able to pull from it that you really enjoyed, but I didn't know if it would be high up or not. Honestly, I can't remember too much about our episode talking about it. I should go back and listen to it, but I mean, I I think I said it on the episode. This is my favorite film for sure. I had it at number 5 though. This is my this mm-hmm. is my favorite film of all time, but again, I think yeah, maybe it, maybe it just goes back to not remembering too much about the episode. I don't know. I think I was a little I was in a weird headspace like I was so stressed out about making sure that I talked about the film because it was my favorite and I kind of talked it up. So I think it wasn't as positive of an experience as it could have been if I would have just talked about it like a normal human being. But um <laughs> I, I was just stressed out about it, I guess. For some reason, I don't know. I just wanted to cover it really uh, really Couldn't thoroughly sleep for
1: days beforehand. And
0: and yeah, yeah, there was a few things that I, I remember I remember thinking about after the episode I was like oh I was gonna talk about that but I forgot and uh so maybe it just didn't sit with me um as uh, uh, as positive as an experience as it could have been but again like great cinematography great acting great score great storyline pretty straightforward but at the same time like it's so complex I think the relationship between Um, The two main characters, uh, Mr. Fletcher and and what's-his-face, I can't remember, Andrew (coughs) Neiman, I think is his name. It's such a complex relationship that I think it's pretty hard to deny that it's something so great that you can analyze for years, I would say. Like, honestly, you can analyze this movie for years and still have stuff to talk about it, in my opinion. And it's the only film probably in my entire life where i reached the end of it and i was just like i don't know where i land on this i honestly don't know how i feel about this movie or not this movie but how i feel about this relationship between these two it's bad and yet it works for them but it's not healthy but it leads to greatness i don't freaking know like you know what i mean anyway
1: big t it landed on three for you why yeah i think the word you described fits it really well like the complexity of this film i think it does such a phenomenal job of capturing an incredibly complex relationship and really exploring a lot of the different components of this relationship why it's bad why it's quote unquote good i guess like what that means the implications of this relationship like it's so easy i think for films and media in general when telling stories to just have really static narratives, really static characters that don't change, that don't really add a whole lot of depth. But the character development and the character the character arcs in this are fantastic. Mm. And then the plot is also is really engaging. There's lots of really key elements in the plot that keep you engaged and really emotionally invested throughout. Mm. Um, so I just think that overall this movie does a great job of portraying in fiction or is it is it based off of a real it's like a, it's sort of semi-automatic semi-auto yeah autobiographical, yeah right? semi right yeah. yeah like i think it just does a really good job of capturing like a real. i mean humans are complex our relationships are complex and this movie does that justice like you get to the end of it and you're like well, this was really messed up, but I also can see where the characters are coming from, right? You don't just have these black and white heroes and villains. You have very complex people in very complex situations mm-hmm. navigating very complex relationships. And the movie does all of those things justice. Oh, yeah,
0: for sure. All right, well, if you have uh, been following this show since the beginning or whatever, and you remember what films we've covered, of course, you could figure out What the number one spot is, it's got to be The Godfather. It's got to be The Godfather. I had it on my list as number two. Big T, you had it at number one. What makes this the best
1: film of the year to have watched? I was hooked into this movie from the very beginning. That's right. There is not, for me, like a dull moment in this film. Even the parts that are dull or seem sort of too long, I feel like have their purpose. Mm -hmm. Like, I literally remember watching this movie. I got through the first scene and my wife walked in and I paused it and I was like, I think I'm really going to like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just the way it's filmed, the music, like, all of the sort of cinematography, I think, is top-notch. And then the underlying themes, the messages, again, kind of going back to the complexity of characters. um, I just... I think that this was probably the movie that I was most engaged in throughout, and I also went in, not with low expectations, but thinking like, okay, this is going to be sort of a stereotypical mob movie. I don't really know if I'm going to like it that much, but I just feel like it did so much great work with – portraying the complexity of human life and like we were talking about with whiplash just like these relationships and all of the underlying c- cultures and currents that influence how people act and behave and what we do but yeah i was hooked from this move in this into this movie from the first scene it just was phenomenal
0: oh yeah it's yeah this was this is probably the biggest standout for me of like wow like because when we talked about this film and and I was watching it for the first time. I went in into it with like, oh, this movie's probably overhyped, and the acting's probably mm-hmm. really over the top and ridiculous, because it's you know from the seventies, like it's probably just you know kind of insane, um, as far as overacting goes. It wasn't, man. There was only one character, right, and that was the sister. I can't remember her name, but that was the only part that was a little overacting, but still still interesting, right? But everything else, like. <sighs> the shots, the, the the acting, the music, the, uh, what was the movie that I just talked about that wasn't afraid to just really sit, like have you sit with it for a second, you know? Like that's, I, I don't remember what I was just talking about, but like Christopher Nolan films are great, right? A lot of them are great. They're super complex. They're very interesting, but especially with the movie Tenet, if you've seen it, he does not give you a lot of time in a lot of his films to really sit with and understand what's going on. And I think, I think that's to a fault sometimes. But this movie, it's like, no, you're going to sit with it and you're going to feel it, right? You're going to feel everything that these guys are feeling right now in this moment. And we've talked about it in the episode when we covered this, this film, just like how natural everything looked and felt like their relationships with each other, the family gatherings. They really felt like a family. I didn't see too much acting. You know what I mean? I saw, it was like we were actually just having like the cinematic view into this real family's life. Mm-hmm. And just so good. And again, like Al Pacino's performance. Are you kidding me? As Michael? So good. Maybe one of the best performances of all time just beautiful and and of course Mar- Marlon Brando does a fantastic job as well but I don't know for some reason I was just floored by Al Pacino's performance just yeah. how subtle it was and yet you could see every emotion that he was trying to get off or, or put off it, it was just oh, it's beautiful
1: yeah i think that it just really is a movie where everyone who was involved from like the actors to the stage crew it feels like they really put their whole heart into it, it right did. yeah like, even crafting was in the back, like, putting those sandwiches together, you know, with their whole heart. It was yeah. their passion, their dreams, their d- drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I just feel like the the script, the even the lighting, I think we talked about the lighting mm. for a really long time in that movie, too. Just, like, everyone just really brought their A-game. Yeah. And you can feel it in that movie. And I think, too, kind of like what you were saying, I, I think I maybe went into it with the expectation of, like, we will watch this because it's, you know, like a classic but it's gonna have not aged very well Mm. or whatever kind of like alien or north by northwest but i came away from that movie the exact opposite i was like whoa this movie really stood the test of time Mm. like it really like the complex interpersonal relationships and character development that it explores really stand up still and are really valid and do make you ask some really serious sort of like thought provoking questions.
0: Oh, for sure. I remember finishing the film too and getting ready to shoot the episode with you and thinking, I'm going to be so disappointed if you hated this film. You know what I mean? Like I might've said it on the episode too. I just, Oh man, I was so nervous to hear if like you hated it or something. And then, There was so much relief when you said that you loved it. I was like, oh, thank goodness. (laughs) Because this is going to be a hard one to get through if we couldn't agree on loving this film. And of course we do. Oh, man. And um, I think potentially the longest episode of our show Covering this film, I would not be surprised. I mean, it was, it might have been the longest movie
1: that we watched too, right? It was almost three hours or. Yeah, and you know it's got to be impressive if I put it at number one <laughs> that's and it right. was the longest movie we watched.
0: <laughs> that's right. And I'm pretty sure on that episode we talked about the Batman as well for a little bit. And that was a long movie and you did not like that movie too
1: much. Yeah, that's number 13 on my list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, nice. Great film. Good job, Al Pacino. Marlon Brando. James Caan. Rest in peace. Rip. R.I.P. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Coppola? Coppola. I don't know. Love it. Love it. Yeah, that was the closest that we agreed on anything, I think, at three points.
1: I mean, three points. Yeah, that's... Mm -hmm. That's impressive. I mean, the next highest up was eight, right? So it right. beat its competitors by quite a bit. The
0: question is, is for season two when we do our rankings, can we have a perfect agreement at the number one? Who knows?
1: <laughs> I don't think Probably so. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you and I approach, like, I think score is really important to you. Yeah. And I really think that the music is important, but it doesn't play as pivotal of a role for me. So I think we just have different sort of like values and sort of things we pay attention to. And that's totally fine. Yeah. That's what makes the discussions interesting. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I remember what I was gonna say about
0: the Godfather. I already forgot what I was gonna say about the Godfather. (laughs) (laughs) What? That just means you weren't supposed to say it. I have such a bad. Oh no no no. Okay, now I remember. It's because we've talked about it quite a few times during you know random episodes and stuff. It really does a great job at not treating the audience like they're idiots, right? Yeah, and that's what I wanted to say. It's just, those are some of the best movies when they just, they actually respect
1: their audience. Yeah, for sure, because the audience is part of the film, right? It's part of the movie experience, and if you film a movie with your audience in mind, then it's going to come off a lot better, you know? For sure. Absolutely. Cool. Well, great. Uh, Let me do
0: a quick run-through of that one more time. The Ultimate Rankings list, number 12, North by Northwest. Number 11, Ocean's (laughs) Eleven. Number 10, Alien. Number 9, Big Eyes. Number eight, The Iron Giant. Number seven, Pan's Labyrinth. Number six, Hunt for the Wilder People. Number five, The Shining. Number four, Edward Scissorhands. Number three, Ready or Not. Number two, Whiplash. And number one, The Godfather. Of course, all of these movies are masterful in their own ways, But if you're going to watch one, watch The Godfather. (laughs) And then
1: watch Ready or Not. And then watch Ready or Not.
0: And then Whiplash. And then Edward (laughs) Scissorhands.
1: Just kidding. Subscribe to our Patreon to get our individual lists. (laughs) Oh, my
0: gosh. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, We'll mail it out to you. Well, sweet. That was a
0: great season one of Layers of Film. Great films. Watch them all. Listen to all the episodes. Basically, our commentary on on each thing. Our commentary, which is always longer than the film itself. (laughs) That's true. That's a good point. Some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, at layers of film pod and then at layer or sorry layers of film pod at gmail.com if you want to email us questions and whatnot i kind i, I want to make a pretty big push i think for this next season i think it would be cool i want to get i want to see some writings you know what I mean i i would love to bring in the audience or whatever so i'm gonna try to make a push to maybe advertise a little bit better or something like that that we're <laughs> recording so that people could get questions in and, and maybe that's a hindrance to some people i don't know i just think it would be cool and plus i think for season two it would be awesome to get the audience rankings as well. That would be sweet. That'd yeah, be fun. So and and include that in the ultimate rankings. So anyway, there's that. Look out for season two. Uh I think, yeah, this this episode's going up the same day as episode 13, which of course is Silver lining's playbook, kicking off season two of Layers of Film. And uh we'll see where that lands on season two's ranking list. <laughs> I don't know. Only tarb will tell. We love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. And uh We'll we'll catch you next time. Uh, see you later. Ciao.